the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, joined by special guest co-host for our number one only. I was able to book him for an hour. Coach Robert Valdez, head football coach at St. James High School. Coach, uh, good morning to you, sir. How you doing? Good morning, Carlos. I'm good. Honeydews is one, you know, we got a wife's weekend, birthday weekend. So you got me for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'll take that and tell the missus happy yeah. Earth Day, happy birthday, and, and appreciate her allowing you <laughs> to spend an hour with us here on the Carlos Brown Show. Guest menu, of course, Coach Robert Valdez. You see him right there. He joins us for hour number one. Coach Van Petaway joins the show in hour number two. We're talking some Southwestern Athletic Conference basketball, and it is getting hot and heavy. Some huge ball games in the conference today, and we're going to get a little bit more into Southern University and the arch rival, Grambling State University. Southern owes Grambling State a good old-fashioned hiney whipping because of what happened in uh, Grambling, Louisiana, early in the season. So it, it's a big ball game, of course, on the women and men's side. Then last but not least in the guest menu, Brandon B.J. Jones. He will join me in hour number two. Got some movement going on between uh, Hampton, North Carolina A&T, an invite to the CAA. Hampton has already decided to move, wow, from the Big South. And what will Tennessee State do? There's conversations going on, so I'll, I'll get the insider to, to give his opinion on where that situation is, is going to go. College athletics coach is is always moving, changing. So when you look at it, two years from now, it may be totally different, even on the FCS landscape. No doubt. Uh, where we at right now, I, I don't think I think we opened up Pandora's box, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we, I don't know if we can close it. I don't know if we can close it. I think that um, with everything right now with the NILs and transfer portals and things like that, it's um, you know in the beginning uh, there was you know I guess some thought that this was something that was good, but now it's, it's all over the place. The genie is out of the bottle. And yes. I, I was thinking of a, another saying, he who pays the piper dances <laughs> what? By his tune. So I'm going to say it again. On our level, our schools, be very careful. Dot the I's, cross the T's, because uh, under my news and notes, the NCAA is to review the NIL impact going forward, enforcement. And uh, looking at Texas and them, I know a lot of schools, uh, Lane Kiffin basically said, hey, with the deals that they're they're doing, they're signing first-round draft picks with that type of money. You know, Grambling State um, has a, a deal in place. You know, Southern University is working on something. So, again, just be very careful because when enforcement comes, they tend to come for schools on the lesser end for his yeah, resources. Yeah. So, so yeah, just, just dot your I's and cross your T's, coach, and you should be fine. Do the right thing. And, uh, that That is very good, but right now, to be honest with you, what's the right thing? Mm-hmm. Because there, there really hasn't been parameters 
No, no guidelines in place. No, no guidelines. There wasn't when when we decided to go with this NIL. When the NCAA decided to go with this NIL process, there wasn't really any guidelines. So, if, when the cats away, the mice are play, and then you know those who have the resources are just saying, "Hey, there's no policing now." You know, there there isn't any policing. Uh, so, you know, Texas A&M for years has been the highest grossing uh, college market in in the country. A lot of people don't know that. Their assets and revenues of running a football operation is high, not even close. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. You know, Alabama, Alabama wins a lot of championships, but Alabama isn't making the money that Texas A&M is making. So I mean, when you when you don't give me any parameters and when you don't tell me what I can or cannot do, I mean, you know, and that Jimbo Fisher, he comes out on and does a press conference and you know tries to you know say that man, look, we're not doing anything wrong, but you you sign almost you sign almost he has had they have the highest rated class of all time since they've been uh-huh. charting recruiting. Since they've been charting recruiting, they have the highest rated class. I think they got like almost close to twenty four five stars. You know that that have signed with Texas A and M, um, and then you start looking at it, um, and then it it just starts getting to the point where you know when the guys with all the resources start complaining and start tattling on each other, like I said, <laughs> old <Miss. laughs> oh, oh boy, when you get Alabama and, and Ole Miss and all that start kind of pointing fingers and all that, um, and then I'm gonna say this, and because I I think that because of Jackson State uh, in the recent two years that they've had the signings and that they've had and rambling, you know, with the success mm-hmm. they had this recruiting class, um, that's put more of a, a I guess, a presence and, and attention on now. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't think that they thought that SWAC and HBCUs were able to put these type of NIL packages together. You know, they, just, they didn't perceive that um, these things were happening, and you have these top recruits that are choosing to go to these HBCUs. And it's a big impact. You're in a media market, um, and these media markets want want sustainability. And when hmm. you don't have, when you don't have, when your sustainability is threatened because some of those marquee players are not going to HBCU, which may be a lesser market, then now what do you do? Are you going to expand? You're going to have to grow your, your resource. ESPN is going to have to hire more people. They're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to send more crews to different places than just the places they've been sending to. You know, you get you get a couple of more people, you know, that are going to be employed. So that that threatens sustainability because now, you know, you have other players, in, you know, in, in the game now. Well, well said, Coach. I- I almost got out of my chair here for a minute, but uh, well, well, well said. Uh, top news and notes, and we'll come back to to the uh, to what we were just talking about nil impact. Um, recap: We're going to recap Southern University basketball and coach. Quite simply, I'm concerned. Why am I always concerned on the women's side? On a three game losing streak, they went into the Texas two step. And they lost 62 to 55 to Prairie View. I think that was only the second time since Coach Pugh has been um, at Prairie View that she was able to defeat Southern University. And then the Jaguars dropped a decision to Texas Southern by 10, 87 to 77. So they went zero and two on the Texas two step. Now, on the men's side, 
the Jaguars got behind big with Prairie View. And I just knew that was going to be tough. Coach Smith was going to have them ready. Southern comes back, but, you know, all of the energy is trying to come back and um, from a, down from a, a large margin. They lose 84 to 77, but wow, what a way to bounce back. Got a chance to see it on YouTube. A 12-point victory over Texas Southern, 70-58. So with that win, a split on the road is what you ultimately would like to do. Jaguars mm-hmm. are back in first place, and both the women's and the men's team, hey, they play the school that the colors you have on your sweat jacket – the Grambling State <laughs> Tiger, so it's going to be a huge one. Also, Coach Southern opens the Un- Andre Dawson Classic in baseball with a bang, a walk-off home run in the tenth. Boy, I tell you, Southern, this baseball team—if you go back to last year with against Jackson State in the tournament—they have a desire to make it dramatic. They defeat <laughs> Alabama State seven to seven to six. And they win in the Andre Dawson Classic. Now, today on Major League Baseball Network at 1 p.m., they got Jackson State again. And I'm sure Jackson State, Coach, I don't care what they say, this is a new year. We can't worry about what happened. But the way they lost last year, you know it's on those baseball players' mind. And I expect another tough ball game. Coach, you're a coach. Am I saying the right things? Hey, you, you, you try to forget about last year, but come on. These 18 to 22-year-old kids, they, they thought about the way they lost last year to Southern in the tournament final. It, it can go two ways, though. Because uh, First of all, you have to, a lot of people need to understand that, and people on the show probably do, um, the rivalry, not only with, with Grambling, but Jackson State is right there in all yeah. sports. In, in all sports. And they we hate losing to them, and they hate losing to us. And so, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, that's a that was last year's team, and that was you have to be able to go and really just to understand everybody's going to try to take you out. You know, you you you're the you're the prey now, and 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 so they want to get an early surge uh, in the season. Jackson State does and wants to get an early win for the for the psychology because if they don't win that game, then you start believing that you may not be able to beat them. Hmm. You start believing that. So it'd be, and, you know, it's, it's, it's psychological advantages in athletics is something that is seldom, you know, seen as weapon. And so, therefore, uh, when you have the edge on a team, that team now has to play perfect, and nobody can play perfect. And the minute that they make a mistake, it deflates them, and uh, then the self doubt kicks in and whatnot. So, you know, if you're Southern, then you just have to just Southern baseball just has to do what they need to do. They just have to play their game. But then Jack State has to play above and beyond, you know, because they want to prove themselves worthy of beating them and all that. So psychological warfare in athletics is very, very big. And I just think that, you know, early in the season right now, you're trying to have a self-identity. The psychology of sports culture. I think I'll get Dr. Cavill to work on that book. He's a smart guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a smart guy. He can get that going. Um, movement for some HBCU sports pro- programs, changing conferences. Of course, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, Hampton, Colonial Athletic Association, uh, North Carolina a is considering the invite as well. I, I suspect, and just my prediction, that they will accept that invite. So the Big South, 
was big for a moment. Now everybody's leaving that conference. We'll get Brandon B.J. Jones' inside perspective on that. And then Tennessee State, the OVC, where are they going to end up? You know, geographically, I, I think, and I know Southwestern Athletic Conference and the romance and the trying to get Tennessee State, I think just geographically, if I'm the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, if they're looking for a place, and Coach Eddie Jar says, basically, from his perspective, they, they are, I think that's more of a I could I put it this way. I could see them going to the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, Coach. Well, I, I think you're right geographically, but nowadays these people are playing money games. You know, mm-hmm. so, it, 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 so I think that right now the swag probably has a lot more financial offering than the MEAC, you know, because yeah. Of, yeah. even though we, even though we hadn't played well, in, in, in the bowl game, <laughs> the swag hadn't, hadn't been in the in a while. But I think that the draw, I think that what happens is uh, when you get to swag, I think that the draw and the marketability of the teams that's in the league right now is very attractive. And uh, it would be mm-hmm. very attractive. I would be surprised if the swag wasn't really trying to uh, lure Tennessee State in. Because um, I know Eddie George, I, re- I was reading about it, how he was basically saying that the Ohio Valley Conference is dying. Is, is dying mm-hmm. out and whatnot. Um, they need to grow. Uh, but the thing that people need to understand is Tennessee State actually has some resources. They have some some real resources, um, and there's a lot of improvement on that campus, and they're trying to basically rebrand themselves to a certain point. And so um, the MEAC would, would benefit greatly from from getting them in, uh, to, to getting them in, in their conference. Um, and like I said, it would make sense, but, you know, I think the SWAC right now is getting more attention, getting more TV games, and getting more guarantees. Um, Good point. So therefore, if you if you go into the SWAC, um, you're getting that profit share of the SWAC conference when they sign these contracts, and especially when it comes to TV games and whatnot. Um, so it, it's tough. It's tough. Is you know you have to factor all the sports, but in college football, football basically pays the bills for everybody else. And, you know, interesting that you say that, and that's an excellent point. Now it, it has my mind wondering, if you bring Tennessee State in, ideally you need someone else to come in with them. Hmm. Now that is opening up Pandora's box. Who could that be? And I'll stop right there. I won't start putting out names, but um, I'm sure the commissioner, when the time comes, if that's the decision Tennessee State makes, and they're looking for a home. To your point, I'm sure uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference will be contacted, along with the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. But but great point about the resources uh, with the conference. HBCU Legacy Bowl today in New Orleans. Got a chance to kind of look at some some uh, film of the practices on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, hey, the Lexi Bowl and uh, Shaq Harris, I'll call him Coach Shaq Harris, Coach Doug Williams. They've put on a uh, an outstanding event so far, and I look forward to uh, watching a little bit of that on the NFL Network at 3 p.m. You have HBCU uh, players from all over the landscape, from Southern to Alcorn to Norfolk State. Coach, have you been able to e- either look at some of the film or talk, of, uh, talk to someone who's been at the practices, but – 
I mean, from the helmets and uniforms, just just a first class event. Uh, totally, totally. Even from the putting the, the the signs over Tulane Stadium to make it seem like you know is 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 their own. I think it's, uh, Doug Williams and those guys have done a, a tremendous job of of branding uh, the event, giving these kids the opportunity uh, to play. And I think that New Orleans is always a good venue to come to and, and marketability and all that. But I I I I like. Um, this is a Keel Glass, the quarterback from Alabama, and I, I like that kid, man. I just, I think that he's just so smooth. Can, can, um, can the Saints draft him? <laughs> oh, that's please, what I'm talking about. Please, can oh, please, my. yeah, that would be a dream come true because I just think that the kid, um, you know, obviously, you know, came up under a good system and they did a great job. You know, they they they, they ran a gamut when we had the spring schedule, and it, it got a little tough because it, of course you don't have the offensive defensive line, you know, to sustain this hard. But I mean, he, he has, he has quick release. He, he has awareness. He, he makes tough throws. Um, so I'm really, really excited to see him. And I'm excited to see a lot of the kids that's there. And I think that this gives them an opportunity where they have their own stage and it's just their own day. And so they're going to get a chance to be evaluated. They have been seen by these scouts and whatnot. Um, and this is this is big for HBCUs. It's big for the coaches too, because uh, the coaches that's coaching the game, you know, is big for them as well. The networking, I think, that is is something that has no price tag on it, because these guys are not networking with each other, and they're basically getting these resources. So I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I'm just I don't know what level of competition you're gonna get, because sometimes you know if they're gonna put all out. I would. You know, because this is a last audition, you know. So hopefully with this last audition, some of these guys, you know, the quality of the game isn't like the Pro Bowl where it's touch football can be, can be a little more competitive. But um, I'm I'm excited for it. I just want to give a shout-out. Good morning to everyone who's watching here on the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, for those in the Central Standard Time, good morning. For those in the Eastern Standard Time, Good afternoon. A couple more things to go over. Dr. Dennis Shields, we're alumnus, Coach uh, Valdez. He's the new Southern University president and chancellor. He comes from Wisconsin, Platteville. Also has some experience in um, color analysts. Interesting. But congratulations. Uh, I will, after you get settled in, I'll send an invite and hopefully he'll, 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 he'll talk to me, of course. He will be concerned with the uh, academic side, of course, first and foremost. But it's always, when you make these kind of moves, I always look to see how sports-friendly is the chancellor slash president. So congratulations, Dr. Dennis Shield, the new Southern University president and chancellor for Southern University. He comes from Wisconsin, Platteville. And then last but not least, I want to thank everybody, Coach, including you, you reached out to me. I, 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 I'm not 27 anymore. So uh, <laughs> trying to figure out how it happened. But um, fracture in the ankle, fractured bone in the ankle, in the walking boot for six to eight weeks, returned to work Wednesday. And uh, I'll just say this, guys, we, for the most part, when something is not right, doesn't feel right, make your way to the doctor. Women, they're going to go. 
and they forced us to go. So I, I was forced to go after the show last Saturday. Didn't have a choice. I was, I'll be ducking blows. And so uh, I, I'm doing fine. So all that to say, for those who reached out to me with your prayers and thoughts, I appreciate it so much. So with that being said, I'm doing just just fine. Just got to take it easy a little bit. But it doesn't affect my mouth. That is always going, Coach. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, uh, 11.30 Central Standard Time. We'll take uh, our first break of today's show. When we come back, it'll be more of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly here, joined by Coach uh, Robert Valdez. Uh, Coach, a big game for Southern University this afternoon, 3 p.m. for the women against Grambling State. Coach, let's put on, I mean, you're, you're an AD, you're a football coach. I'm sure you know something about basketball. Okay, let me set it up for you, and then you take off with it. Southern <laughs> University women on a three. I know you love that. 
on a three-game losing streak. They were in second place. Now they're tied with a bunch of other teams in the conference. Um, well, actually, in third place now. They've dropped they're on a three-game losing streak. You're on a three-game losing streak. You went to Texas, and you had two disappointing losses. You like to split on the road. You didn't accomplish that. Now you have your arch rival coming in, Grandma State women. This team needs a victory in the worst way. You set the mood in the locker room. You set it during practice during this week, but now it's it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes before game time. What is your talk to the young ladies? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the energy is going to be what they need right now. And energy from playing at home and playing a rival. And, I mean, the, the biggest thing is you get another day. You get another day. You get another chance to play. You get another day. You, get a, you have to go out there and execute. You have to finish. And I think that's one of the big things that the ladies have had, probably haven't been able to finish. They, they, it's, it's not easy going on the road, but you have to defend your your, your territory. You have to defend your, your, your gym. And these ladies have got to go in there and they got to get the energy from the fans and then use it to be able to make the plays and then take that. But we call it take the air out of the ball for Gramlin. And they, and basically they have to just execute at, work, at no matter what, play it, lay it on the line, because this is a pivotal game because this gets you back. It's all about seeding before you get to the tournament. So you, you don't want to be a lower seed. You want to be as high as you can. So uh, bring the energy, leave it on the floor, play the best, and then you know, understand that you got to make the plays because now everybody's there to support you. And, you know, it's interesting this is usually going to be the best crowd of the season. And in the previous home games, they've, you know, they've been averaging on the men's side about 4,000, almost mm-hmm. 2,000 on the women's side. So, you know, the X's and O's, you, you got a good game plan down. You draw off that energy. This, and I, I you know, I, I probably won't make it to the day's game, <laughs> doctor's orders, but mm-hmm. that, they're going to draw for that crowd. And it is, you know, you're going to have the fraternities marching around the court. It's grandma. The atmosphere is there. And, and they can draw off that energy. And then, of course, I'm sure Coach Flanches and them are going to have an excellent uh, game plan. But energy plus the crowd plus execution. And then if a right. little adversity hits, you know, be able to respond to that. But, you know, come out early and get things done coach yeah and that's big i think that you know and and it's hard to maintain that consistency you know for in basketball because you play so many games you're going to have those slumps but you just need a spark to get out of it and then when you catch it you got to ride it and on the men's side same thing you you know you got grandma state and, and by the way i don't know if i mentioned it but i, I know i have so i'm gonna mention it again um, Grandma State really took care of business at home in, in the first half of conference play. Uh, both the women and the men lost. Now for the men, they went in the Prairie View and they lost, but then a great bounce back win against um, Texas Southern by twelve. So now they're fired up, and now they got a chance to re- you know to redeem themselves against Grandma State. Same same speech for the men, coach. No, a little bit different. I think that, like I said, you have to establish yourself as as the team, you, and I think that now you the, the you, you take everything out and that's, understand that it's your job to finish and it's your job to win. Uh, you know they beat us last time. We got to get back at it, but 
when you're in first place, you have to basically act and conduct yourself as the first place. Everybody got to play that perfect game. Rama has to come in at gym and play that perfect game to beat Southern. And Southern has to understand that they have to play their game. The men have to play their game. They have to, they have to weather the emotions, weather the surge, and play their game. Because, you know, Bramlin played above, you know, basically their level when they went, when they played at Grandma. Grandma used the energy. Gramlin did the same thing that the women have to do when Southern went up to Gramlin. They used the energy from the, from the building. Uh, and I saw videos from that. And you had the fraternities and sororities marching around and it was, it was a great atmosphere. Um, but Southern just has to identify that. It's almost like the big brother effect. Hey, listen, I'm the big brother. Establish, I'm going to establish my presence. You're going to have to play the perfect game to beat me. Yeah. And, and you know, how I feel about, you know, Grambling State, it, it's kind of a family rivalry, but uh, right. it's, a ter- it's, it's deteriorating with me very rapidly. They're, uh, <laughs> they're, I'm almost ready to put them in in the position of Jackson State, but I, I, I'm going to uh, – yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to replace Jackson State, but just just some things, you know, on on the football side. But and then after the, today's game, they don't have a conference game Monday. But then the remaining of the schedule looks like this: they have um, FAMU and Bethune Cookman coming in to the FG Clark Activity Center, and then that wraps up the home portion of the conference schedule. And then mm-hmm. they. Uh, Close it out, going to the ba- Alabama with Alabama State and Alabama and them. So now it's a the Jaguars have a chance to position themselves to 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 win the regular season championship, but they got to take it one game at a time. And then with that uh, regular season, they get an automatic bid to the NIT. But their goal mm-hmm. is to get into the NCAA tournament. So you know right. you got Grambling. Family and Bethune Cookman at home three, and then you close it out on the road. So, coach, their mindset has to be one game at a time. Can't look too far ahead, but we must execute and we must remember everyone is hunting you, and you've got yeah. to do it. And for the, and for the women, coach, just simply, they need a win, and then they need to have some success. Um, right. They're not they're not going to be able to win, get the number one seed, but. They want to improve, and if they can get that second seed, that that should be their goal for the rest of the regular season. Yeah, you got the women just have to out there with that wounded mentality. They're they're fighting for survival. They're fighting for survival, and the men basically have to not look ahead. That the biggest thing that you, when you're so close and when you're at the top, you have to be cautious of looking ahead. You have to take them one game at a time, and you have to just deal with one game at a time. And and, and again. Do what you've done to get to that point and continue to do it continuously, and then everything will be all right. Now, Coach, if I, I can switch gears, it's not on the program, as to say, but um, a little NFL. Super Bowl has come and gone. And, of course, because of the area that we're in, mm-hmm. I, I believe most of the people here were going for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, some interesting discussion on the national scene. You know, nothing is not promised. Cincinnati did a great job, got there, but there is one area of deficiency, and you played the position. <laughs> offensive offensive line. Yeah. They've got some nice salary cap money 
Is it safe to say that the Bengals must keep Joe Burrow upright as much as possible? If not, there's no guarantee they'll get back. So, no. offensive line, that it, is it has the to be an area of need. It has to be addressed. I mean, uh, the Tennessee Titans sacked the kid 10 times. Um, I don't think that the Chiefs put enough pressure on him. And then when Aaron Donald got mad and threw him out of bounds, then the, the game changed. Um, but you have to, so you have to give him some linemen. <clears throat> he, I, I believe, he's he's a great he's a great young quarterback. He's a student of the game. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not one to convert from my sainthood of the Saints to just become an honorary Bengals fan. But I, I respect, uh, you know, I respect the game. I respect the game. I respect how he plays the game. I respect the He's a student of the game, and, and I, I was here, and I saw what he did at LSU. But I think that that organization needs to understand that you have to protect him if you want to secure him. I mean, he got he missed some time with a, a knee injury. Um, and like I say, he's probably the most sacked quarterback in NFL last year. Um, but you have to protect him. You're going to have to go out and get some guys. you got to give him, you know, invest your money wisely on the offensive line. Um, and you have to sign some people. I, I think that – if they do what they're supposed to do with the offensive line, I, I can see them being a perennial threat in the, in the AFC. I can see that because I think that um, Joe Burrow is a very, very studious guy, and he has a way of getting the guys around him to play for him and with him. You know, he has he's figured that out. And he's a coach's son, so I think that you know, you know, I just got to say this, and I got to say this to all my Louisiana people: it's okay. If you want an Odell Beckham and Joe Burrow bandwagon and feel all cozy about the Super Bowl, but you know I'm a Saints fan. I'm a Saints fan, so therefore I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. And then as a football coach, I just looked at the numbers and I just didn't figure that that defense with Von Miller, with Aaron Donald, even Ramsey, who got burnt a couple times on the last play, almost should have got burnt. But I just think defense win championships, and I think that when they needed to make the plays. The Rams defense made the plays. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, Coach. If I go back to the offensive line, um, they're going to have to one, I guess, identify some some linemen in the free free agency, and then maybe what drafts. I don't know how many draft picks they have, but kind of mix it up and, and drafts draft some offensive linemen. But I think free agency is the first and foremost is the way they're going to go. Well, they most definitely have to because if you want to win right now. It's a little difficult. I mean, I don't know how many linemen have come straight out of college and been dominant. It takes them a little bit yeah, of time to adjust to the game. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it has to be through free agency, and then you have to go out there and be able to identify some guys that um, that definitely, you know, can help. Um, these guys, you got to win the one-on-one battles. I mean, they haven't had too many people have had success blocking Aaron Donald. And I, and I will say uh, my guy, the defense coordinator, he used to be the head coach, um, Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris identified the weaknesses of the Cincinnati Bengals and played to them when he decided to put um, Von Miller opposite of um, my guy Aaron Donald. And those guys just wrecked, they wreaked havoc because they forced one-on-one blocks. And if when mm-hmm. if you have to block those guys one-on-one, it, it, it's, not, it's not good for you. It's not really good for you. So uh, Raheem Morris did a great job. I'm just, you know, another guy that really deserves a second chance of being a head coach. Uh, but he, he had a great game plan. But the Bengals need to go. 
and be able to find somebody that can win one-on-one blocking matchups. Yeah, and again, that's going to be number one uh, priority. If now if we we kind of switch, and, oh, and by the way, Mr. Cup, the receiver. Here, here's another thing. So when people always uh, are concerned, and I understand your concern, we're we're on our level, you know. Uh, some of our FC, FCS brethren in the conference are getting five stars, four stars. We're not getting that. Um, but you look, Mr. Coop, he, from the FCS, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was rated no stars. And just look what hard work and work ethics. And you still have to get coached up. You know, I, you know, I understand what's going on, but I, it's like if you're in a classroom. And you identify the students that are A and B ready already. But don't you just get just touched when you see some that are just not ready, but then they develop and they turn into an A or B student? Coach, that that's that's what it's all about. So I tend not to worry about how many stars and you know, and the average NFL players are three star, but this guy, zero. And just had the most prolific season in NFL history. Speak on it, Coach. You can do a better job at it than me. Well, the crazy thing about it is just everybody knew who he was, but he just made plays. Mm -hmm. The guy just continued to make plays, and he continued to find himself to get open. And, and, you know, I think that it's refreshing, you know, for me as a high school coach because you go back and you look at the kids and say, look, man, this is what work looks like. This is what somebody Mm -hmm. who didn't have uh, all this, um, you know, man, you know, one of the biggest things we got now, all these, all these uh, coaches, these um, outside trainers and these gurus and all that, that, that latch on to these kids and, and, and say they got the best kids. This guy had none of that. This guy just went out there and worked basically bent on himself and um, just became through work and began, you know, became, I mean, I'll say it, I'm not afraid to say it. It, it there's not too many people looking to size short white receivers in NFL, you know, so it, it can be a little bit of reverse on that thing. So he had to beat the odds. He had to go out there and beat the odds. And then when he got his turn, he took the ball by the horn and ran it. He runs great routes. He's very strong. He, he makes everything looks the same. Uh, if you were to study receiver play, study how this guy does things, because he's going to run a route and make it look like he's trying to run away from me. He's going to break on you. And then before you know it, the ball is going to be right there. He's going to be able to float in zones. He's going to be able to sit in space. Um, and he just became a student of the game. And uh, so, therefore, I mean, you talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they beat Tampa Bay. You you didn't know that they were going to go to him? You didn't know that the touchdown? <laughs> you didn't know that you were going to put Eli Apple on an island with this guy? You know what I'm saying? And he just – he just turned my man Apple into applesauce a couple of times, you know. But, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's what work does. And, you know, when you have that moment, you have to capitalize on it. Because what, what one thing that he did is to touch his hand, he was coming down with it. And even though he got probably concussed on one plate, the, the touchdown that they called, that they said that they called back, I mean, he got knocked out. But he got up and just said, hey, man, I got to keep playing. I got to keep playing. So yeah. um, it's just a lot to be said about those those guys like that. There's a lot to be said about those guys like that, 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 that basically, you know, the five odds and coming there through hard work and, you know, 
this is a guy that doesn't do flashy stuff. He's just a football player. So, like I said, I yeah. like seeing him. Work ethics. And uh, how about how about our Saints? Dennis Allen uh, is the coach. Um, yeah. They've got to identify the, the defense. You can always improve on that, but they're, they're pretty set. Offensively, um, they're going to have to decide on, on the quarterback. They're probably going to draft a quarterback. Um, but, you know, and, and there's also some conversation going on, but maybe you can sign a, a quarterback, a veteran quarterback for a, a, a year, like a Bridgewater or somebody like that. And then when you draft a, a rookie, that'll give them some time to develop. And then, of course, it's Jameis Winston. I, personally, I'd like to see, it, see him back, but I know there there's an injury. And then guess what? He ha- he has some options, but you know how heavily will that that knee injury affects his signing, either with someone else or, or coming back with the Saints. Well, I, you know, first of all, Dennis Allen, I think that it was justifiable because the Saints probably were playing some of the best defensive ball in the NFL towards the end of the season. So, you know, I think the organization looked at consistency and they looked at trying to keep that consistency. Because if you hire an offensive coach, then it's going to be a total, total transformation from what Sean Payton had. So, you know, you need kind of need to keep that consistency. Um, with the quarterback situation, you have to – in NFL, if, if if your quarterback play isn't solid, then it's not – you're going to have a, t- a tough time. Those guys, now they, they got to be dudes. Defenses are so athletic. That's the thing that puts a little question mark on me with Jameis Winston is how mobile will he be? when he mm-hmm. comes back off, off of this injury. So that will affect his marketability because the game has gotten faster. The, the game has gotten faster. Defenses are on having to blitz to put pressure on you because these these defensive linemen are very athletic. Um, so he wasn't really the most mobile of guys to begin with. How does this injury affect him? What type of commitment are the Saints willing to make on Jameis Winston? not knowing if he's the long-term solution, okay? Um, and then what free agent is out there that you would bring in that can give you two to three years to develop a draft pick? Because a draft pick mm-hmm. is going to have a hard time. So you have to figure out, are you going to go out and get a free agent that can give you a couple of years until you develop? If that's the model that they're going to use, then I don't think Jameis would be in the equation. So if yeah. they're going to draft a kid, if they want to draft a kid and they want to bring a free agent in, you know, I don't think that Taysom Hill is the solution of an every-down quarterback. I, I think no. we saw that last year. I don't think that he's a solution. I think um, I don't think Ian Book is, is ready for the, the, the game. I think the game is a little bit too too fast for him uh, right now. And um, so I think that uh, the big question mark is, I think they, they signed Pete Carmichael as the offensive coordinator. I think he's going right. to be basically – he's going to be the offensive coordinator, which means that they're going to do a lot of things that they did with Sean Payton. There's going to be a lot of uh, uh, seasoning with Sean Payton's name on it. So I think they want to keep that. But the thing about a Sean Payton's offense is that that offense is predicated heavily on basically checking with me and changing place at the line of scrimmage, which is – that's what – that's what Drew Brees did so well. Because Drew Brees just adapted and, cha- and changed plays and checked out of plays just as well as anybody else. And um, like I said, Michael Thomas, that's, he was 
all Michael Thomas did was just the majority of his routes were side adjustment routes, where basically they're adjusting to the defense. And it, it takes time to develop that type of timing and rhythm. So um, it, it, we'll see. I think we'll see. I don't see the Saints being committed to like a power running game, especially with a guy like Camaro, you know what I'm saying? I think it's more of a wide open spread attack. What kind of quarterback can you get to come in here that's going to be able to give you that opportunity? What free agent is out there that's, that, that can make those type of plays and that can do things like that? You know, um, Like I said, where is Deshaun Watson going? What is Russell Wilson going to do? You know, that's, that's, that's a couple of questions that, that are out there. And then how much money do you have to offer uh, those type of guys? Do you bring Teddy Bridgewater back? Because Teddy's kind of been a journeyman since he left the Saints uh, and stuff like that. So um, it's a lot of questions that they're going to have to answer before training camp. Yeah, and, and the Saints are in the in the mode now to, to, to win now. Uh, right. As you talked about the defense, so they with this hire it was it, it was a and many expected to, to elevate Dennis Allen to to head coach. So uh, being from the familiarity with with him and the staff, so they're in the mood to they're in the mode to win now. And they just yeah. got to get things straight, you know, set on the quarterback offensive, and then they they still have some um some management issues that they're going to have with some players that they're going to have to, you know, sign and be creative with the salary cap. Right. But um, it, it it should be interesting 2022 20, uh, season, 22-23 mm-hmm. in, in, in the NFL. As we recap, because, Coach, we got about five minutes and we don't want the missus to be upset. <laughs> uh, uh, Southern basketball, of course, um, women, they went zero for two, losing to Prairie View, 62 to 55. Last Saturday and Monday, they followed that up with a uh, 10 point loss to Texas Southern, 87 to 77. Now on a three game losing streak. Of course, they have Grandma State at 3 p.m. today. Should be a terrific crowd. On the men's side, the Jaguars went one and one. They got a split. They got a split. They dropped the um, 84 to 77 decision to Prairie View. And then they followed that up that Monday night. Huge win. 12 points over Texas Southern, 70 to 58. So on the men's side, they swept Texas Southern. That hadn't happened in a while. They swept them 2-0 against them. Uh, Southern University Baseball, just dramatic, just dramatic. 7-6 over Alabama State, a walk-off home run in the 10th. And the funny thing about that, if you saw the footage, the umpire was like, okay, sir, get the first base. Get the first base because the team was so excited. Um, they played Jackson State at 1 p.m. You can watch that on Major League uh, Baseball Network. That should be an interesting game, although it's early. It doesn't mean anything, but then it does if you get my drift. The HBCU Legacy Bowl today in New Orleans, 3 p.m. On the NFL Network, you get to see some of the tremendous student-athletes that played at HBCUs. They get a chance to showcase, Coach, their talents among the NFL scouts and the audience. So that should be a great one. Uh, Dr. Dennis Shields, the new chancellor president at Southern University, comes from Wisconsin-Platteville. Congratulations to him and the NCAA to review the NIL impact enforcement now that the genie is out the the bottle coach and as you put it so nicely you had this out 
but the, the guidelines and enforcement, you didn't have those structures in place. Now it's, uh-oh, we've got to look at now, making sure everybody's doing the right thing. Close right. it up for us, Coach. <clears throat> I just, I'll tell you what, though, man. You never thought that February could be so busy. But uh, there's, we, there's a lot going on uh, today in the, on the field of athletics for the SWAC and Southern University. Um, like I said, NFL just finished, so therefore there's a lot going on with that. And then, you know, this NIL stuff, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you can – what is the NCAA going to do to be able to set some parameters around that because uh, the damage is already done. This collateral damage has already been in place. Um, and then those who have the, the, the resources, they reap the benefits of it more. So, um, But it's, 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 it's good times. I mean, I think that, you know, you'll see things heating up as we get fur- further into the spring. Um, like I said, basketball right now is on the last stretch of the, of the regular season. Um, and it's, it should be very, very fun. Baseball, of course, right now is, is going to be spring forward ahead now that we, you know, transitioning into baseball and track and all that that's coming up. But um, it's very, very fun time um, for fans. Uh, it's a good opportunity to get away from football a little bit, to give uh, the light to other sports. And uh, because we're so attention needy in the, in the sport of football, but um, I'm just happy for these athletes, and and hopefully that you know our Jaguars can finish strong and be able to make a strong presence. Yeah, well, well said. Again, on the women's side, boy, they need to win in the worst way. What a better, what a, what a great opportunity with your arch rival Grambling State. And on the men, they're still hunted, but. Uh, they've been consistent, you know, right. for the for the most part. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time. Tell the missus happy birthday. Enjoy Thank you. you. You guys enjoy yourselves, and uh, we'll talk again real soon. Appreciate it. How you doing, Coach? Hey, man. All right. <laughs> All righty. So, you know, we're not going to take a time out, but uh, we'll talk with you uh Real soon, Coach Valdez, and now I'll talk to the basketball guru here on the Carlos Brown Show. He's none other than Coach Van Petaway, and I'm interested to see what he has to say with this race. And, uh, Coach, good afternoon to you. How you doing, sir? Doing fine, Carlos. How you doing today? Uh, well, I'm doing fine uh, on the injured reserve, but, uh, hey, I'm doing well, Coach. Um, I got to realize that I got to be careful. I'm not, I'm not in my twenties anymore. So, uh, got a fracture in the ankle, but in a walking boot. But guess what? God is still good. Oh yes, He is, and uh, you have to be careful, man. You 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 uh, you have to be a trooper this time of the year because it's down the stretch. Everything is down. <laughs> it's down to the wire. So so hey. He, fraction foot and all. Hey, we gotta we gotta move on, man. We gotta move on. We gotta be ready for this stretch run. Well, speaking of that, let me let me let me start off on the women's side. Jackson State, uh, it's proven number one. Nobody can catch them. They're locked in at the number one seed. But guess what, Coach? Southern women on a three game losing streak. And I've been harping on it all show. Um, I think what they dropped the third now, the tie with right. several that, other teams. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, that that shocked me, Carlos. I I, I really mm-hmm. thought, I really thought Coach Punches had him uh, in a position to uh, to get that number two seat. I mean, he's not out of it, but uh, to lose three in a row coming down the stretch, 
you want to be playing your best basketball this time of the year. You know, you want to be consistent. You you, you want to have everything in, in play because you want to try to um, position yourself where you can make a run in the tournament. And uh, to have a three-game losing streak this time of the year, that, that that's not good. That's not good. Coach, I, I'm a, you, you, you're coaching. As I did with my first guest, Coach Valdez, your team, you're coaching women's, uh, the women's basketball team at Southern University on a three-game losing streak. I know you prepped them and prepared them in an intense week of practice. It's 30 minutes or it's an hour before game time. What, what, what are you telling them, Coach? Let's go out and have some fun. Let, let's remember the good times. Let's, you know, let's talk about some of the things. I, as a coach, I would bring up some of the things that we did positive uh, leading up to this, to this uh, losing streak. Uh, you want to forget about that uh, to a certain extent, the losing streak, because today's a new day. And the big thing, we playing at home. We're at home, uh-huh. we, and, and we got to protect our, our court. So, ladies, let's get ready. Let's go out here and have some fun. Let's make it fun, and, and let's go get after our rival. Yeah, and um, the last time both women and the men's team went into Grambling. Coach, that's just, I've, I've seen some, as in this case, some good Southern teams go into uh, the Hobby Center, and, it, man, it's, it's tough. And I know it's your rival, but, my Goodness, boy, it, it, right. it's it, tough up there. Right. Anytime you're in a rival, yeah. Anytime you're in a rival, you playing against a rival, that's going to happen, man. The emotions, uh, th- there are a lot of things that come into play, but but uh, they've got to be ready today because they're at home. They, this is a very crucial weekend for uh, Southern's women. They they got two games. I mean, they they, they got their rival in there today. So they're not going to play on Monday. So you can go all out because it's a long week. And 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 I think it's going to be a, a one of the when they play Grandma Coach. That's the biggest crowd. And on the men's side, the last couple of home games they've been averaging close to four thousand. So you know, Coach Sean Woods, we still trying to work on him, but standing that 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 box on the sideline. But Coach, maybe he'll listen to you. He, he I saw him Monday night. He's still on that court, man. I I hope he doesn't get a fractured ankle running into it. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. I hope he, he, they don't run into him. But he he's got to continue coaching his team. He he knows what his team needs. He knows how to motivate his team. He, he's shown that. You know, he he he's got a, a a lead right now. He's in first place, but he's at home also. And they got to remember what happened when when they went to Grambling. So I think Coach Woods will have his. I'm hoping that he have his kids ready to play because this is a crucial weekend. He wants he wants to maintain that lead be, uh, on the men's side because you got Texas Southern and Alcorn breathing right down your neck. Mm-hmm. What do you think about um, Southern sweeping Texas Southern for the first time in in, in quite a while? I mean, coming off a, um, a 84 to 77 loss to Prairie View and them, and, and, and Coach, I, I, I had a feeling Prairie View was going to be sitting there waiting <laughs> for something, and they got out to a big lead. But what a great comeback! A 12 point victory over Texas Southern, 70 58. Right, I, that you know that that was a good good win for uh, uh, for Coach, and and I just think that he just got Wood just got a. You know he he's got to keep him in the middle of the road. Uh, you know he this late in the season, he knows what what buttons to push. 
he's got to continue to push him, man, because uh, they got a real chance of, of uh, maintaining this lead and winning, uh, winning the conference championship, and he's got to keep him primed and ready to play. I like yeah, I like I like Southern's chance. You got to remember, I pick. Uh, they're one of the teams that I picked at the beginning of the year, and uh, he's not proving me wrong. So they can stay away from injuries. Uh, playing at home ought to help them today. So hopefully, uh, they'll this will be win number two coming up in, a, in number two in a row today against Grambling. Yeah, and you remember predictive order of a finish. I think Southern was picked fifth. So right, they've 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 done much better than that, and they've got an excellent chance. You know, hey, one game at a time. Uh, after the day, they've got FAMU and Bethune Cookman at home, and then they come your way, coach, to wrap up the regular season in Alabama. So you right. take I think it one Alabama game at a time. Swing. Right, I think on the Alabama swing, they sh- they should clinch the conference championship. I think it's going to go down to the wire. To that last weekend, so when they when they come to to, to uh, Alabama between Montgomery and Huntsville, I, I I think he has an opportunity to win that title. Yeah, well, coach, I'm always nervous. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> nervous when you're on the on the road, and it, and it's a tight race. If we look at the day's schedule, coach, Alabama and them, they're they're on the Florida tour at Bethune Cookman, both women and men team, Alabama State at FAMU. Jackson State at Alcorn. Jack, hey, look, wait a minute. Jackson yeah, State yeah. on a four-game winning yes, streak. Well, here they come. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Coach, Coach uh, Brent has the uh, the Tigers playing that great defense, and they've they've uh, found some offense, and they and they're doing pretty good. So now they're playing the right way going down the stretch because you want to be peaking toward that tournament, and right now they're doing a pretty good job. Well, Coach. Uh... We always know one thing about Jackson State defensively. They're physical, and they get after people on the court. Now that defense is, is coming over, and now offensively, I guess they're, they're, they're getting better. Right, but but see, now going down to the reservation today, they got to be ready to play because, you know, mm-hmm. Alcorn, he's in, he's in second place. He wants to maintain that. So, of course, Bussy's going to have those guys ready to play. Uh, but uh, Jackson State, they got to rely on that four, the four games that they won in a row and take those positives from that game and be ready to play again on the road. They, they've proven that they can win on the road. They just got to go, go against a team that, that would be considered their rival, one of their rivals uh, in Mississippi. So he, they got to be ready to play on the reservation. It's tough in the res, at the reservation now. All corner play Tell with a, a lot of grit and a lot of heart. Uh, and then when you look at it, you're talking about two teams that play great defense. So th- this will be a, 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 a defensive standoff today uh, down on the reservation. Coach, could we say, I always like to ask you about the game of the week, but Jackson State and Alcorn, you can go with that, and then Grambling State at Southern. But if I had to just, I guess, co-games of the week this week. <laughs> you, you right, agree right. That, that, yeah, that we got to go with Coach. Co-games because with, with, with Alcorn uh, being in second place and playing against Jackson, that's a big game. And then, of course, with Grambling going down to uh, Baton Rouge, that would be a big game also for, for the Jaguars. So on the men's side, that, that's going to be a very big game. And then when you, when you look at the uh, 
when you look at what's going on on the women's side right now, if uh, Alabama A&M women want to stay in this race, the two Alabama teams, mm-hmm. they got to win in Florida. Alabama State, if they want to stay close to uh, Jackson State, they got to be able to uh, to beat FAMU today in Tallahassee. But I think the big game is going to be uh, A&M at Bethune. And then I also like Grambling State women coming to Southern. So that's a big game. Yeah, yeah and, and, and of course, continuing Saturday schedule, Texas Southern at Mississippi Valley State, Grandma State, of course, at Southern and Prairie View and them at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Then those tough Monday games, Alabama and them at FAMU, Alabama State at Bethune-Cookman, Prairie View at Mississippi Valley State, and Texas Southern at Arkansas Pine Bluff. So, Coach, I'm most interested in, again, on the women's side, it's 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 clear cut who's number one. But now the rest of it, you, you, you're playing for a position, Grandma State, Southern, Texas Southern, Prairie View on a four-game winning streak on the women's side. Here they come. Yep. Oh, boy, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> yep, this is a – on the women's side, this, this is a great race. Uh, all you, You're talking about, uh, what, five teams that had an opportunity to mm-hmm. finish in second place. Uh, everybody wants to get that number two seed because that guarantees you you don't have to fool with Jackson State until the championship. And then anything, anything can happen in that championship game. So uh, the, you're gonna, you're not gonna see these teams take nights off. They got to win down the stretch because after after this weekend, there's only there's only two uh, four games left, or or let's put it this way, two weekends left. Right. That's it. Right. So they they got to be ready to play. So there's yeah, no no there's no slippage now. There's no slippage. Everybody wants to be playing their best basketball this time of the year. See, it's tournament time. You know, the weather's getting mm-hmm. ready to change in some places, except here in Huntsville. You know, it's still cold here. But, you know, you, any time you, you get spring in the air for basketball coaches, we know it's tournament time. That's automatic. Tournament, tournament time and spring, they go together. They go hand in hand. And so this is yeah, a very yeah. exciting time. You get goo- as a coach, you get goosebumps, and you hope that some of your players got a few goosebumps because that yep, means that everybody. they're locked in. They understand what's at stake. You're right, Coach. And um, from this perspective, particularly on the women's side, you, you kind of want to stay out of that fourth and fifth <laughs> fifth spot. <laughs> you you want to get that second or third. And I guess on, on the men's side, probably the same strategy, but – particularly on the women's side, you, you, you want to stay out of that fourth and fifth seed. And then they're, they're matched up the fourth and the fifth seed. And, and usually that's teams that are just equal, you know, as far as at least that's what they say. But boy, that, that second and third spot, if, if you can't get that first spot, that's what you, that's where you want to be coach. Right. But, but, but see on the men's side, Carlos, it, you know, it doesn't it, matter, to me, huh? <laughs> it doesn't really matter because all these teams have, some of these teams are beating each other. Whereas with the women, these teams haven't even been close to Jackson State. So you 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 gotta you want you got to stay away from them because you know that's that's like the death penalty if you draw them in this tournament. Yeah. So you want to stay away from them until that championship game, and then you just got to put all the marbles on the table and go after. Them. Well, that is true. Um, good point, Coach. Very valid point. Um, as we close it up. 
with you, Coach uh, Petaway. Overall, NIL, the NCAA is going to review the impact. And, you know, as I'm reading some of the comments, uh, people are saying the NCAA, you know, some of their rules are inadequate. And you pretty much let the genie out the bottle without having parameters and guidelines in place. Um, Coach, I just said for for our schools, we just need to make sure we're doing the right thing, dot the I's and cross the T's, and do the right thing. Then we, we, we should be okay. But they're, they're now looking at everything and saying, okay, wait a minute, let's see what we can find. Um, close us out on, on your thoughts on, on the NCAA's uh, to review the NIL impact. Well, I'm happy that they're doing it because I think you could – the NIL could destroy college sports uh, as we as we know it now because uh, the rich are going to get richer. The mm-hmm. first HBCU that comes up with a with a major deal when it comes to NIL, they're going to be in the driver's seat because the coaches are going to use it as a recruiting tool. And, and I just think the idea of paying the student athletes, I think is great, but I think it just needs to be done across the board so you don't have to have an NIL. You know, if everybody, if everything is equal, then there is no advantage. But when you got some of these schools, some of these school, uh, power five schools are in better position than others in terms of mm-hmm. getting people to, uh, to put money towards NIL contracts, that, man, that, that's going to create a big unlevel playing field. And, 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 and for us at the HBCU level, you know, we got to work hard. These different schools got to work hard to come up with deals for our athletes in order to keep them. Because I think that the first school that, that can come up with a solid NIL plan, they're going to be the front runners for these recruits. And I just think it needs to have, we need to have some parity. So now for them to look at it, not only has it does it need to be tweaked, it's got to be tweaked a lot, man. Because, see, you mm-hmm. allow now, you're giving, you're giving the alumni and boosters another way of getting to these athletes. And before long, we're going we gonna to find some programs getting in trouble with this NIL because, because there are no safe, there are not enough safeguards in place. There are not enough safeguards in place. And a lot, of the, a lot of the schools, they don't know all the rules or everything that it needs to know about the NIL. The guidelines are not clear. Right. And so I, I, that creates a problem in itself. So it, I, I'm glad that they're revisiting. We're going to need this so that we can keep retain our amateur status. Because right now, you're going to be looking at free agency in the collegiate level. If you thought the portal was was uh, filled up with, uh, with 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 transfers last year or this past year, you watch in the future when this NIL money continues to grow. You're going to see more and more people in the transfer portal, and they're not transferring, but for one reason. That's to fill up pockets. That's to get that, that mm-hmm. almighty dollar. And in some cases, I don't blame these kids because some, some, with some of the kids, their families need that money. So going mm-hmm. to where the best deal is, I don't blame them for that. That's why I think the NC2A should come back with a, a, another plan that includes paying all athletes across the board. And I mm. think you could, uh, that then it, it, to me, 
the NIL deal would not be that big of a uh, headache or can a big I, of a can problem. I, can ahead. I quickly ask, ask, ask you this? I, I know some things are worked out as what they're trying to do at Southern is a cost attendance for yeah. all student athletes. And um, they're, 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 they have an idea of a pool money that they want to have. And so not only football, but all student athletes, and they'll be able to draw from that pool. But Right. Well, well see, Carlos, right now, you don't have very many HBCUs that are doing that. The cost of attendance has been in. The, the Power mm-hmm. Fives have been taking advantage of that. Not only do they have the money to do cost of attendance, now they get these big NIL deals. So all they're doing is they're separating themselves even more when it comes to these athletes because they have more to offer the athletes than we do. Because there are a lot of schools in the SWAC that cannot afford to do the cost of attendance. But mm-hmm. that rule has been out there for almost five or six years now, Carlos. And there are not very many schools that are taking advantage of it because well, they cannot afford it. Yeah, well, Southern is, you know, and I just kind of heard this from inside sources. That's something they're, they're working at. And um, I, I won't put the figure out, but it, it's upwards of <laughs> 300000 well, you know, the, the, the cost of attendance is based on where the kids are from. You know, they, right, okay. they, 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 the NC2A has a formula that you use from that kid's home of record to your university. That that's how. Okay, gotcha. that, That's why gotcha. that could be different. You know that now you, you you take Baton Rouge and let's say if a kid from New Orleans, he won't make as much as that kid that's coming from Texas or from let's say Chicago. You got a kid mm-hmm. on your roster from Illinois. Cost of that living. Kid, yeah. His cost of his cost of attendance will be more than that kid from New Orleans. So, so they're, gotcha. you know, they got pretty, there are pretty uh, cut guidelines for that, for cost of attendance. Yeah, well, that's something we're going to keep our eye on. Coach, continue to stay blessed, you and your family, and we'll talk again next Saturday. Okay, Carlos, thank you. Uh, everybody be safe and God bless. All right, appreciate your uh, perspective and your information on on, on these topics. Really appreciate it. Have a good one, Coach. Okay. Take care. All righty. Let's see. We're going to end the show a little bit earlier today, so I'm trying to get all the information in as possible. So with that being said, Brandon B.J. Jones is scheduled up next, but we'll take a time out when we come back. I'll visit with Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed.
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We're going to wrap up the show with Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football, the Coles Brown Show's football analyst. When I need some information, I know who to go to. B.J., good afternoon. Man, good afternoon, Carlos. How's it going? Well, I'm doing fine, brother. I'm doing fine. I'm hanging in there. Um, it's just good to, you know, be alive and getting better. That's the way I put it. With that being said, um, some interesting movement going on um, as far as HBCUs, Hampton, uh, moving to the CAA. Uh, North Carolina A&T has an invite on the table. And then the question is asked, Tennessee State, Ohio Valley Conference, BJ, they're simply just shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. What will their move be? What are your thoughts on all of the, this movement? Well, for Hampton, the CAA has been their long-term goal for about 15 years or more. Uh, they've mm-hmm. wanted in the, in the CAA. And uh, if you look at the success, the, the success of that conference, um, you can understand why. Um, uh, you know, just in the last 15 years, the CAA has had uh, multiple teams compete for an FCS national championship. Townsend, uh, Delaware, James Madison. Uh, I mean, it's a solid league. Richmond uh, and, and had, has had several national champions, Richmond and uh, James Madison. And, you know, what they've done in basketball, baseball, uh, with the softball, even with the women of James Madison, you can understand that. Uh, North Carolina's uh, A&T, Make that jump to the Big South. Uh, the Big South, they, hmm. to be honest with you, North Carolina A&T left what they thought was a sinking ship in the MEAC and, and went to an, an actual sinking ship, which was the Big South. Uh, and they were they had to make a move, and the MEAC was in play. Uh, the MEAC was in play there, but they had an opportunity to go to the CAA uh, and, and decide to make that move uh, to the, the, the CAA and join. Uh, Hampton and the likes. So with Tennessee State, I saw the comments of 180 George talking about, hey, uh, the OVC is dying and Tennessee State needs to make a move. And when people hear that, a lot of people hear that they automatically think SWAT uh, for, for Tennessee State, which has always been in the, in the discussion when we talk, start talking about the Southwestern uh, Athletic Conference. Uh, but I would not be shocked to see maybe the ASUN or uh, maybe even the Big South trying to get in on Tennessee State. It's it's going to be interesting, and I'm telling you, the conference realignment dominoes they they're not done falling just yet. That's going to be interesting, BJ. Good, interesting perspective because in the first hour of the show, we we talked about the MEAC geographical fit. Coach Valdez talked about the the swag, and now with his pedigree and. You know, they're doing very well, you know, as far as financially moving up. But um, Atlantic Sun, I, I, I didn't, A Sun, I didn't think about that one. That's why we have you on to get that deep thoughts about <laughs> that, that, that perspective, because it, it, it it's really going to be interesting to follow. And you're right, it's going to be a domino effect. Um, HBCU Legacy Bowl. Today in New Orleans, a great showcase. Saw some footage already. First class, that organization. And, uh, you know, you got NFL scouts there, coaches, 
everything. I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit of that as well. Oh, man. Uh, I'm blown away uh, by just uh, everything with the HBCU Legacy Bowl, man. When you talk about first class, uh, I mean, from the uniforms, the helmets, the, the galas, the stars, the NFL network, the exposure, uh, man, it is uh, simply amazing. And I'm, I'm, hate, I'm hating that I'm, I'm, I'm not there live uh, to see it. Uh, but I'm going to be tuned in today, and I think there's a lot of young men that scouts knew knew about and was like, you know, hey, you know, guys, pretty good. But to see them in person this week, I think has helped a lot of guys. Uh, we've we've heard about what Akil Glass uh, has done and what he did during the you know East West uh, Shrine game. But you know, now you're hearing about more guys. Darius Skelton get an opportunity to work out at running back. What he's able to do. Ezra Gray is another. Kid at Alabama State, mm-hmm. we know what he's been able to do, really uh, turning some heads. So it's going to be very interesting uh, to see uh, where we go from here and, and the impact that this has on young men getting the opportunity at the next level. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, Coach Doug Williams there, representing the Washington. Um, what's that? They're the commandos now? I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, the commanders. I'm a, man, the that's commandos. such an odd name. I'm, I'm so used to just saying the Washington football team. Yeah, well, you know, he's done a lot, and 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 he's in the front office, so that's that's going to be an advantage. Also, and help me out, BJ, the young man from Norfolk State. I think his stock is rising. Uh, was mm-hmm. it defensive end? Um, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I forget his name, but yeah, yeah, he, he was a young man that I actually tweeted about this morning about uh, what he's been able to do and uh, what his size, his speed, athleticism. I think a lot of scouts were a little shocked by him um, from what they saw in person. Yeah. Anybody else that stood out? I mean, you know, we can't name everybody, but overall, and boy, I'm just going to be honest with you. I would love, and I'm not going to hold my breath, Mr. Mr. Glass some way gets into a a Saints uniform, but I I guess I'm not being objective on that one. Oh, man, Robert Mathis maybe, tweeted maybe, out maybe yesterday. Maybe you're Steelers. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, Robert Mathis tweeted out yesterday, hey, for the Colts, hey, the answer for quarterback is this young man, number four, down here at the uh, Legacy Bowl practices. I mean, Quill Glass has turned some heads and the opportunities that he's had. Uh, man, a lot of people have fallen in love with uh, number four. And I think that uh, if he gets an opportunity, which he should, I think he's going to do. Uh, great things on the next level. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because um, I've had NFL scouts on, on the show previously, and one of the questions from the audience always comes up. It It's always a better situation that the NFL gets a lot of kids from, from you know, low-resource schools, FCS schools, as, as free agents. But a kill and some others – I think they really have a shot to, to get drafted, albeit, you know, do you think it's going to be in the later rounds or does Akil have a, a shot to maybe a middle round draft hit? Yeah, I, th- I think he has a shot probably in the mid to late rounds. I think he's, he's going to have a solid opportunity. Uh, Marquise Bell is another guy. I think he has an opportunity yeah. to go um, a little bit um, earlier. You're, you're hearing the name Jatari Carter and the work that he was able to do in the senior bowl and he's, you know, has to come by coming up 
Uh, another kid that people just keep overlooking, I don't understand why. Justin Williams, a Fayetteville State cornerback, mm-hmm. 6'3", mm-hmm. 205 pounds, the only D2 representative. And in, in the uh, senior bowl, man, he, 6'3", 200 pounds, he's locked down corner. Think about that for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he's another young man. So I think there's going to be some guys, James Houston's of the world and, and so forth. I think there's going to get, be some guys that are going to get an opportunity. Uh, Kobe Durant, South Carolina State, uh, they're, going, they're going to get, you know, get their names called a little bit earlier. Yeah. I'm so excited. A chance to to showcase the, the talent and, and being able to be seen by scouts. And, I mean, they've done it before, but not at, to this magnitude so it's going to be great weather nfl network get a chance to watch it you may have to be going back and forth a little bit you may have to pick maybe have to record uh southern baseball against ooh, jackson state <laughs> on the major league baseball yeah. network maybe i'll record that one i'll get the better half to do that one you know technology wise i'm challenged sometimes but, uh, <laughs> yeah it, 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 it's going to be a interesting uh, Saturday. Well, BJ, I appreciate the help last minute coming on, helping me out. Um, we're going to end the show 30 minutes earlier today, but we'll make up the time with you. And um, we'll, we'll kind of next week, I guess, go over some, some pre-spring practice. Some of the schools will be starting. I know Southern University starts March 16th and um they, they're excited i've been talking with the coaches and then and, and, they, and they're ready you know i you participated in spring ball in college and i didn't of course but but bj I, i'm still longing for the 30 days that that ship is passed <laughs> it, 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 it's no 30 and uh Derek price always fusses at me about no colors get over it no more 30 days no more 30 days of spring <laughs> practice. It's 15. So that's, that's yeah. coming up. Um, close us out, BJ. Well, hey, man, we got a lot of stuff going on, man, in HBCU sports, HBCU athletics, HBCU Legacy Bowl today. You got the baseball, Southern Jackson State. Even the, from a basketball st- standpoint, Grambling coming in to visit Southern. Uh, then we also have a couple of games that are going to be in the NBA Network uh, today. So if you're an HBCU fan, man, Make sure that you go in, man, support. If you're not able to make it to the games, man, turn that television set on, man. Let people know, man, that HBCU Nation, we're here, and we're going to support our schools. So we keep getting these opportunities uh, to showcase our talents, uh, you know, on television and the likes. And, hey, man, thank you, uh, Carlos, for having me. And uh, and make sure, man, you're tuning in, man. It's a good fellow right here, man, Carlos Brown. Well, I appreciate it. And um, our next assignment, we're, we're going to go meet uh, Charles Bishop and Neely um, coming up for football <laughs> season <laughs> in Jackson. We got to plan. We got to plan something. They, they're nice guys. Well, I tell you, but that, that Neely, he's the wild one of the bunch. But uh, <laughs> hey, man, continue to stay safe and be blessed. And I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again next Saturday. All right, Carlos, looking forward to it. All right. I want to thank all of the guests, Coach Robert Valdez, Coach Van Petaway, Brandon B.J. Jones, Roy behind the scenes doing a bang-up job, man. He he stretched a lot, but uh, we appreciate him. Make sure you tune in next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, as always, peace and God bless.